0: The plan, world one small thing for me, I'm
1: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and
0: journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Steve, I got a trivia question. What's a trivia question? Look at me. Stop looking at the screen because I don't want you to see the answer. You probably saw it already. I did not. I didn't even know you were asking me a question. All right. So, Ohio is home to one of the greatest archaeological finds in the country, something that actually has no equal in the world. You want to take a guess? I have no idea. Really? No. Wow. You know, I would guess is it most dinosaur? I would guess most modern-day Ohioans don't fully appreciate what we have in our own backyard. This is. The Great Serpent Mound. Oh, okay. I remember hearing about it when I was a kid in school. Well, I'm sure some of our listeners have visited. Probably most have not. It's definitely off the beaten path. It's not on the way to any popular location. Uh, I've never seen it. Yeah. In other words, you you have to go out of your way to get to Adams County. Okay. Okay. Um, And to the naked eye, seeing the mighty serpent might be a little anticlimactic. You know, the soil mounds and coils and curves beneath a manicured green lawn. It's never higher than five feet tall. There's a tower you can climb so you can get a bird's eye view uh, and you need to do that to see the whole thing. The serpent stretches 1,348 feet, making it the largest effigy mound on the planet. Okay, so what is effigy? An effigy is a A land sculpture devoted to an animal. Oh, so it was, okay. Okay. I shouldn't say devoted to. It's not like they were worshiping the serpent. But it was purposely. An effigy is an an animal formation. Gotcha. Okay. And it has a 120-foot head that looks as if the mouth is open and swallowing an egg. But if you go armed with a little history... Your visit to this thing is going to rise to a whole new level as you imagine how human hands quite possibly sculpted this thing before Jesus Christ was even born. Oh, wow. Now, before I get to the mound itself, here's something else you're not going to know just by looking at it, but this is really interesting. The feature was built on the rim of a meteor strike, one of only 28 known impact craters in the country. Now, about 320 million years ago, they figure, a two billion ton space rock crashed into Adams County by the city of Peebles. The impact displaced more than seven cubic miles of rock and created this really rare effect where instead of leaving a bowl, the center of the crater was lifted up at least a thousand feet above its normal position. That is a huge distance. That is, that's
1: a lot.
0: Now in 1838, one of the state's first geologists, a guy named John Locke, he reported on this and how the area had this unusual number of faults, dislocations, and upturned rocks. And he thought it looked as if the earth was trying to swallow a mountain. So he even gave it a nickname. He called it the Sunken Mountain in his 1838 geological survey. Now The natives who built the Serpent Mound certainly wouldn't have known any of this any more than you would know it simply by standing there. But they must have really recognized a nice piece of landscape because the mound is perched on the plateau that was created by the meteor crash. Oh, okay. So what exactly is the Great Serpent Mound? Who built it and when and for what purpose? Scientists and researchers have been debating these questions for more than 150 years, ever since the discovery of the mound in the 1840s. Now, I use the term discovered here in its loosest sense, since obviously people have lived in Ohio for thousands of years. But in modern times, the rediscovery of the mound was made by a pair of amateur archaeologists, an engineer from New York named Ephraim Squire and a physician from Chillicothe, Ohio, named Edwin Davis. They were the first to explore the mound, map it, research it, and publish it. They were also the first to realize, if you stand at the head of the snake on the summer solstice, the sun sets directly over the egg that is being devoured by the snake. Oh, okay. And if you stand at the snake's tail, you want to guess? Um... It will line up with the sunrise during the winter solstice. Okay. okay. So the two men were fascinated by the North American mound builders, and they spent years surveying and excavating more than 200 mounds throughout the Midwest. Get this. Their work was so revolutionary, the Smithsonian Institute made it their first ever published work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They printed a 300-page-plus volume of their efforts. But Squire and Davis didn't know who built this thing any more than we know today. To know who built it, we'd first have to know how old it is. But it wasn't a burial mound. They didn't put artifacts in this thing. So there was nothing to pull out of the mound to give a hint as to who had done this. So scientists have swayed between two different indigenous peoples that are very different. The Adena, who lived before Christ, and the Fort ancients now both of these are known to be in this area they are okay the argument in favor of the adena is there are two burial mounds very close to the site okay and they have artifacts in it that can be traced to the adena culture now those folks flourished in the area as i said from 800 bc to 100 ad meaning if they built the mound we can put this before christ was born but in 1996, the pendulum swung toward the Fort ancient culture. That year, scientists radiocarbon dated two samples of wood charcoal. The hope was that this charcoal, which came from undisturbed parts of the mound, would have been associated with natives burning trees to clear the land for the sculpture. And so they tested these things, and the test said that this charcoal Was from the year 1070. That meant the mound could be as young as 900 years old. And that's the period when the Fort Ancient culture lived in the area. And there was other support for that because there's a third burial mound in the area, and that one had Fort Ancient relics. Now, Steve, I know you love some astronomy. So, Dating the Mount to 1070, it was very exciting for another reason, because just four years earlier than that, in 1066, Halley's Comet would have crossed the sky. And that particular trip of Halley in the year 1066 was the most famous appearance of the most famous comet. It was so striking that year that there are elaborate tapestries from, from medieval Europe celebrating the scene. Chinese astronomers recorded its brilliant flyby. Contemporaries wrote how it was a portent in the heavens such as men had never seen before. Now, I remember seeing the tail of the Hellbob Comet arcing halfway through the sky. That was just back in 1997. And it was a remarkable sight, even with the light pollution of Akron in my way. I can only imagine what a comet might have looked like to Aboriginal people who had no idea what they were looking at. Could it have resembled a serpent and inspired the building of an effigy? Oh, that's true. Yeah, it sounds like a good argument to me. So that was making the year 1070 sound like a very reasonable guess. But that radiocarbon dating effort in 1996 was not the final word. In 2014, An entirely new team of archaeologists did their own test, and whatever they plucked out of the ground and tested assigned the mound to the year 300 BC, making it once again the work of the Adena people, at least for now. So we aren't sure who built it, but can we at least say what it was built for? Okay. Now... Early Natives built mounds for a variety of reasons. To some, they consigned their dead. Some formed the sides of great roads that traveled between important communities. Some mounds simply appear to be walls that defined a community or perhaps a central gathering area. Many anthropologists believe the shape of the serpent mound is actually a massive lunar calendar, Animal mounds were widely considered to be effigies reflective of cosmic alignments. And as I said before, this one aligned with the summer and winter solstices. Can that really be a coincidence? Some historians believe it was a ceremonial site. The serpent motif has a connection to the cycles of birth, death, and nature in many cultures throughout the world. And, you know, swallowing the egg, and you know, I could see that. But the answer is no we don't know what purpose it served. Whatever it was, the effort to preserve the mound so that it still exists for us to even see today goes back more than a century. In 1874, a nationally renowned anthropologist named Frederick Ward Putnam, he was the curator at the Archaeological Museum at Harvard University, and he was so moved by the sight of the mound. He did some excavating at the site and discovered that the entire form was on top of a thin layer of burned clay. Well, why would that be? He suggested maybe that burned clay had been laid down as the template so workers knew where to mound the earth. Putnam was so fascinated by this thing, it became a singular goal of his to save it. He "'noticed how treasure hunters, farmers, and Mother Nature "'were just eroding and damaging this earthen works. "'I found a story in the Akron Beacon Journal "'from way back in 1886, "'where Putnam had written to a local science club "'asking for support, "'and the club in turn was vowing to do "'whatever they could do "'to help Harvard University's museum buy the mound. "'And Putnam was successful. "'He purchased the feature and 60 acres of surrounding land.' And in June of 1887, a Summit County Beacon article said the museum intended to, and here's a quote, restore the Serpent Mound in strict accordance with a survey made by Squire and Davis. The fields that are now in wheat will be made into beautiful bluegrass lawns. Trees will be planted in various places. Paths will be made, shaded by every species of trees found in Adams County. The park will be free until vandalism is discovered, when a keeper will be put in and an entrance fee charged. Now, in 1900, the museum handed the mound over to the group that became the Ohio Historical Society, which maintains it to this day. By the way, there is a fee now. If you want to visit the site today, it's $8 a vehicle, and it's open year-round, 9 a.m. to dusk every day. So Serpent Mound is still a big archaeological question mark. Ohio archaeologist Bradley Leper said in an article, you go to Serpent Mound and you feel so close to understanding the intent of the people, but you can't. You can only wonder about what it was that happened out there. I also like the way an Ohio preservation group called the Ark of Appalachia says it's perfectly okay that the mound may be a mystery will never solved. Modern visitors may enjoy contemplating the mysteries of our land's ancestors and sensing of wonder at the scale of early people's physical and artistic accomplishments. The group wrote this on its website. Mystery, rather than certainty, remains this site's greatest gift to present generations, and all visitors are welcome to enter the circle of conjecture.
1: All right, so I'm going to play armchair detective here. I'll oh, do it. Okay, so I believe Adena built it. Yeah. But I also think that the Fort Ancient finished it.
0: Well, if they both lived in the area and the Adena had done it, it must have been a, a marvel to the people of Fort Ancient. Right. They so why wouldn't they maintain it, celebrate it? Absolutely. Exactly. So that's
1: probably why you find both, you know, dating to I-
0: that mound. That makes perfect sense to me. And I'm sure it has occurred to these scientists. I just never read
1: where they they debated
0: that. But I think your observation is right on. All right.
1: Well, that's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery edition. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. And may all of your mysteries have happy endings.